Yeah, what's going on, everybody? It's Super Dave back at it again with the PA Political Revolution Podcast, where we're back at it again with another good episode because we have a good group panel discussion today, right? And our panel discussion is going to be going over um, the JP race that we have in uh, Jefferson County. And the panel group we have today is we have Mr. Chris Smith, Dr. Queen, the Honorable Reginald Trainer, and the challenger, and hopefully would be the new JP, Mr. Joe Guillory. And um, and uh, Mr. Smith, can you go ahead and give us an introduction on a little bit more what we're going to be talking about today, sir? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, this is Crystal Smith. Thank you for having me on the call today. I am calling to tell everyone that I am in support of, and I am speaking about JP candidate Joseph Guillory for Precinct 2. Let me tell you a little bit about Joe, if you don't already know. Joe has strong family ties to this city. He's a 1986 graduate of Abraham Lincoln High School, and he's a part of the Beehive. His community involvement consists of just a few of the following. One, he founded the first toy drive with JK. He supported the Angry Creek Foundation. He does routinely toys for tots. He's a part of the Children's Miracle Network. Joe coached Junior B's football. He's also a former law enforcement officer, so he understands the regulations and the things that we deal with on a daily basis in this community. Joe is a businessman who provides jobs in this community. He is an ideal public servant. Joe serves on the board of trustees, school board of trustees. He's a former EDC board member. He's a landlord. He's a taxpayer in this community. He's a property owner in this city. He's a voted family man. And he's also a minister of a church, of a gospel church in our local area. So when we talk about Joseph Gillard's history in this community and his dedication to being an active, productive member, we can only rationalize why he's the best candidate for this office. Dr. Queen, what are your yes. thoughts around what I just communicated? And welcome well, to the call this evening. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, what I do know is what I'd like to get out to our listening audience is what we do know about Mr. Guillory's opponent. We do know that he has held this office for 11 years. He has not had an opponent in 11 years. He's a 1989 graduate of PMG. He once also stated that his family once lived here and they had businesses here, but it's obvious it's been a long time ago. Other than the seat he holds, we can't see any other connection to this community. If it had not been for his relationship established over the years with the other elected officials, then no one would know who he is. The majority of the citizens ask, who is he? I was just recently asked who is this man? What do you know about him? I only know what he has stated himself. He's worked as an investigator for the Parker Law Firm, who was also known as his PAC. His last election, well, not even last election, he had an election where he had two opponents. And one, he and Mr. Parker had that opponent removed from the ballot on a technicality. And the other opponent, they ruined his name in our community. 
this type of politics has dissuaded or discouraged anyone to run. As far as I'm concerned, voter or candidate intimidation. So we expect that they will try, try to do the same to Mr. Gilbert. Okay. Can I ask you a question, uh, 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 Dr. Queen? Yes, do, sir. You, do you think if, uh, if uh, the other candidate lose, uh, will he continue to live and work in the city of Philadelphia? And the reason why I ask that because since nobody really knows him and I don't really see much that he's done, what do you think about it? I don't, unless he opens up a new business, which I'm sure would not be in this exact community. I see no reason for him to stay in this community. I don't, unless he opens one during this campaign. Okay. Wow. Thank you, Dave. Okay, yes, sir. Okay, that was a great, great presentation, Dr. Queen. Great question. Now, now, since everybody don't know a lot about him, right, that's, uh, we, we have Smarty over here that he is giving at a presentation to one um, social group around the area, around the city. And so we can better understand who this guy is, right? We're going to go ahead and we have we have some um, audio from him. So we're going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and play the audio in its entirety. And then we're going to go ahead and uh, chop up some of the inconsistencies he may have or we may see. Now let's go ahead and check this out again. This is from Mr. Rock Mark DeRuin. He is campaigning. He went to a, um, a group and he's going to, you know, he's kind of speaking about who he is and whatnot. Okay, here we go. My grandfather on my dad's side... They owned Lakeview Hardware, 600 block of stadium. My uncle on my dad's side owned the Ruins Meat Market and Grocery, 500 block of stadium. My cousin on that side owned the Ruins Auto Paint and Supply. Applied automotive paint supplies to body shops, to dealerships, and to private individuals. Opened up on stadium and eventually moved to Gulfway. On my mother's side, my grandfather raised chickens, sold eggs to St. Mary's Hospital, sold eggs to all the mom and pop groceries on 7th and Gulfway, sold to individuals. My two uncles on that side, one of them had Lee's Welding on Gulfway, 6600 block of Gulfway next to the old fire station down there. He eventually bought that fire station from the city of Fort Arthur. Then it became Lee's Welding and Trucking. My other uncle, Wilford, owned the grocery store Discount Foods on Gillum Circle. He then eventually bought the old Roy's food store on Lewis Drive and Stadium. This city has given back to my family, to our family, that they continue to support them, all their business that they had. This led me to want to give back to this community. It's what my motivating factor was. And I wasn't sure how I was going to do that. And one day by chance, I was at the courthouse and was renewing my tags and I went upstairs to visit Judge Morgan. Judge Morgan was about to go into court. I knew Judge Morgan well, because my dad and Judge Morgan knew each other from elementary school through high school. They graduated in 1959, TJ. He was going into court, said, come on in and, and sit down. After I'm finished, we can visit. <clears throat> the whole time that court proceeding was going on, it just hit me. This is it. This is 
This is where I need to be. This is what I need to do to give back to the community that's given so much to my family. It was probably a month later, I went back to visit Judge Morgan and sat there and watched another court proceeding. Told him my intentions, that whenever he decided to retire, that I wanted to run for that position. It was several years later before I had that opportunity to do so. I discussed it with my wife. I discussed it with my family. They were all in support of me. That's very helpful when you decide to run for office. You need everybody behind you. <clears throat> so then I eventually ran and was elected thanks to the citizens of Port Arthur. I've been in the office for 11 years and I'd like to talk a little bit about what JPs do. Not just my office, but across the state of Texas. Everyone's familiar with them typically because of class C misdemeanors if they get a ticket or something, or maybe a small claims case. But we, the court is much broader than that. We have debt claim cases, which are, can only be brought by lending institutions. So that's banks, credit unions, credit cards. We also have the evictions that are specific to the precinct that the property lies in. So there's no getting around that. Small claims can be filed where the defendant resides, where the incident occurred, where the contract was signed, and it's up to the defendants to bring up the venue issue if they decide that they filed it in the wrong venue have a hearing and determine that. In addition to those cases, we have multitudes of hearings that we have to hear. We have driver's license hearings, license to carry, tow hearings, uh, disposition of stolen property hearings, cruelty to animal hearings, uh, dangerous dog hearings, uh, just to name a few. There's there's a few others. I'm just Those are the ones that I'm familiar with that, that this court uh, handles on a somewhat regular basis. The, the court itself does not necessarily generate revenue. It wasn't designed by the legislators to make money for the county. The district clerk does not bring in money. It is a service to the citizens of Port Arthur and of this county. And the way that you make most of your revenue up is because you get just a small snippet of the filing fee. It divides up so much to the state, so much to the county, so much to uh, different funds, the indigency fund, the dispute resolution fund, all these things. So it breaks up so you get a very small, so the majority of your money comes from the citations, the class C misdemeanors that people come in and have to pay. I have the lowest fines across this county. And the reason that I do that is because I don't want to put an extra burden, financial burden, on individuals that come before the court that have a ticket that they have to pay. I don't want to take money out of their pocket that could possibly cause their child not to have school supplies, possibly take food off their table. And these things are real events that occur. So I set my fines very low. I do leave myself a little bit of room. I cannot adjust the actual fees. That's the state sets that. But the fine, the court has a discretion over. And I set those low for those purposes. And I've remained to have those fines low. And even beyond that, I have room to move on that. And I will reduce 
fines beyond that on individual basis. If a person comes in and is having a hardship or they've started a time payment plan and they just can't continue to make those payments, try to adjust to whatever they've made. We're not trying to put people in a bind here. Yes, a law was broken, they pled guilty or they've pled no contest. So there's not a question about that. If they want to go to trial, we'll go to trial. But I don't try to put that burden on our citizens. We also have an inability to pay cost that the state of Texas came with. In this area, we're, hurt. we're hurting, not just from COVID, from the storms, from everything. So many people come out and file the inability to pay cost. I honor that. If you're gonna fill out that document, and you're gonna sign that, that the judge has to review and basically spill out all of your expenses, how much money you have in the bank, how much money you make a month, how much your expenses are. Those are things that you don't normally discuss with a stranger. If they're gonna come in and fill that paperwork out, I'm gonna honor that. I've, I've never denied someone who has filed an inability to pay. Four minutes. Four minutes left or four minutes in? <laughs> Man, what I was, because it's, it's, it's going quick here. Sorry, I'm going to try to keep it under the time frame here. Also, the way we control our money is through our budget. We set a budget every year through commissioner's court. I have reduced my budget every year with the exception of three. And the three years that I went up on the budget was because I had to, because of postage, different things that the state was requiring us to do. My budget is $65,000 lower than the next court in this county, JP court. The others are between 80 and 110,000 more than my court. I have the lowest budget in the court, in the county. And I still am able to run an efficient office and keep things rolling. <clears throat> With that being said, I, and I know my time is about to run. I don't want to say I was here 12 years ago when I ran. Y'all invited me to be here. I was honored then. I'm honored now. I ran then under honesty, integrity, fairness, justice for all. That is still my platform today, 11 years, 12 years later. If I haven't fulfilled the platform that I promised you that I would do then, I don't deserve your support. I don't deserve your vote. I don't deserve you to go out and, and try to help. But if you feel that I've kept my word and I honored what I, and, and also, not only that, also open door policy. Anyone other than ex parte, if I, can, if I can visit with someone over the phone or they walk in my office, my clerks know to let them back. I had an open, that was my policy as well when I ran. Open door policy. I still allow people to come in. I've visited and tried to help so many people over 11 years. I can't always help everyone. I ran as a Democrat, I am a Democrat. I'm a Democrat because what the Democrats believe in is diversity. And that is exactly how I was raised. That's how my heart is, that's where my mind is. That's why I'm a Democrat and I will continue to be a Democrat for the rest of my life. And I appreciate y'all having me here again. It means a lot to me to have, to have you Thank here in your presence. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, sir. Everybody should be online right now. Yes, I just go ahead and stop the audio right there. Now, who wants to be the first to go ahead and speak on that and kind of, you know, speak about what you're hearing? Well, this is crazy. This is this is this is what I want to come away 
what an understanding from. Based on what I heard, you know, uh, Mr. Deron and his crew and his opponents, he would like for his, uh, his opponents and his supporters to believe that he's not responsible for low performance. So my question is this, what are the total number? what are the total numbers for all the precincts in the county? Is this not a result of the way that the precinct is managed as opposed to the budget set forth by the commissioner court? If not, based on that budget that he was just talking about, then it would be the fault of the person in charge. However, Chris, you bring a good point on that one, Chris. You bring yeah, a good I mean, point. Yeah, because I mean, because I mean, you, you you heard him say what he said. Okay, now he said he now, had the lowest he had the lowest budget. Yeah, what you're reading right now is a uh, a response from uh, one of his uh, supporters. It's one of his supporters is identifying. Uh, um, something that we need to pay close attention to because we don't want to ever get misled about uh, the difference between the budget and the profit and loss statement and the balance sheet. Right. The, budget, the budget is what you plan to do. It's a target. Right. So right. over the last 11 years, based on what I just heard him say, is that he has the lowest budget in the, in the county and he, he has lowered his budget to accommodate the decline in uh, the revenue. Now, we are, what we have to do now is start uh, start dissecting why these things have happened. You know, we're talking about it's not a, it's not designed to be uh, a revenue generator. It's a it's a service. Well, I want I make it different. Each one of the uh, courts, each one of the um, uh, county uh, positions, as far as constables or shared department, uh, even the state. Everybody has a budget. Everything works together. Whatever the county uh, does or whatever he does in the JP uh, he, that he collects, he has to turn around and, and, and uh, disperse that. And you'll see it. If you look at the financial report, you'll see mm-hmm. a line on there that says collected for other offices. That's the revenue right. that is sent right. uh, that, he would, that he would normally collect and that he would send to either the state or the county. Right. So everybody... Um, is relying on what he does in his in his court because then there wouldn't be such a large disparity in revenue between precinct seven and precinct two. So so he said he said a few things and I just want to highlight those things and uh, because it's in the, it's in direct correlation or, or um, uh, opposition to that paragraph where you were reading from because that's what that's what his uh, supporter was trying to get us off of the real point uh, when he spoke about the budget. When we look at court filing, that mm-hmm. is the difference between Precinct 2 and Precinct 7. So let's make sure everybody understands that we don't want to lose uh, this fact. There's less footsteps. There's less state and county vehicles that are driving to downtown Port Arthur to file paperwork in that court. So our question should be, why is this happening? And then and then he goes on to say, uh, so y'all make notice because we're going to go back and revisit this. He goes on to say then about he doesn't want to put an extra burden on the citizens. He don't want to take money out of their mouths for those that have fine. And that, man, I, I, I see and I understand where you're coming from, but as the justice of the peace, uh, the you know, we have a, 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 a fiduciary duty to do what we're, we're elected to do. 
And the thing that I think he hit home with me at the very end, mm-hmm. and I have a problem with, is where he said that he helps and he tries to help some people. What the the job ha- requires you to be fair to all people. See, that's the difference between me and him. I'm not going to just help the ones that uh, 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 say what they can't do. I'm going to make sure that whatever is in place is a fair and equitable uh, position that dis- that is distributed equally among all. See, justice is supposed to be blind. And we're going to get into that uh, a little more in detail. But I just want to make sure that we didn't miss out on how he's deflected. Because the information that he's responding to was from our meeting greet that somebody had uh, sent him the information uh, as to what we were talking about. And then he wanted to find somehow to uh, make that relatable or relevant to. But what you did not hear in this whole conversation was a plan. What you heard was a response to our uh, 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 responsibility issues. We wrote, we brought the question to, uh, to, to, to the citizens, why has this happened over 11 years? Who's responsible for it? When I'm elected, I'm responsible for uh, my income and balance sheet. I'm responsible for my budget. Whatever happens, I'm gonna take full responsibility for, because that's what I control. What hasn't happened uh, in, in 11 years was uh, someone to come up with a solution uh, to to make, if, if, if it's not a profit center, let me, let me go back to this. If each one of the uh, systems is not designed to be a profit center, I understand that. Then why is there such a large disparity of the, of, of the income and the expenditures? So... So I say that I just want to make sure uh, I don't want to t- tarry too long on this particular subject. Uh, but when, when he starts playing on the citizens' emotions, the citizens ought to get offended because how can you trust that you're going to receive fair and equitable treatment when you go? Because if you're not connected, if you're not on the on, on, on in, on the in, or maybe you don't have a, a, a big enough soft serve, maybe you might not get a fair shake. I'm telling you, I'm going to give every citizen uh, the same treatment, regardless of your socioeconomical disposition. You're going to know that you... Yeah, go ahead and talk to me. This is is all, Mr. Train. I really appreciate you bringing that unboxed, you know, because I always go to test. And complying with the applicant's principles of the ninth and the fourth uh, commandment, is a serious test for believers collectively and individually. Instance of unfair bias within judicial system, provision of justice for specific segments of society, and the lack of compassion. You know, the lack of compassion for uh, uh, the poor and the uh, unfressed are all alive and well now in this day. God does not require of us what we cannot empower us to do. Less help and more focused action to lessen the effort of those that form the, uh, the justice and the injustice is needed. He was provided instructions when he took the oath. They gave my guidance and he gave his word. Empower the African spiritual gift 
and guarantee his presence and tell us that he's all. You cannot say, I didn't want to go ahead and give him the crown because they couldn't afford this and they couldn't. Well, you're not doing your job. That's the reason why they had taken it out of his court and gone to the other brother's court. Because they know if they go to his court, he's going to cut it. If I, if, if I gave you a ticket for $10 and you cut it to 5 I don't get for 2 dollars you get $2. Who does that? That's the reason why the city of Fort Arthur is not the, 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 uh, the ballot that it needs to be. We need to make sure that we put a representative in there that's going to pass fast. If I did the crime, I get the time. There's it's, it's no cut rope right there. We got to get off the buddy system. I just want to Absolutely. throw this in. Absolutely. And I'd like to piggyback on that, Reverend Trainer. You know, transparency. Transparency, transparency. That's the word I don't hear in a lot of things that he's saying. And also, um, Dr. Queen, when I was looking at listening to the audio, all the information he was sharing is dated. Okay, what you did 30 years ago is not what we need 30 years future. Okay, exactly. if, you don't have, if you don't have a future investment right now where we are, how can you tell me you, I mean, I mean you're, looking, you're looking through a, a, a mirrored glass. Okay, we're not looking back. We're looking forward. We can't. We, we can't. We can't operate in a, in a in a vacuum, thinking that this is the way we used to be because this is all you see. Because that may be because you don't live there, you don't see everything. That might be a reason why you only see that. But the whole point is, is this: we're looking forward, and transparency is what I don't see, and I don't see no future plan as uh, as Joe just communicated, and how we can get the right equity across all landscapes, not just for those that may have the privileged few. Exactly. exactly. And I mean, we can go into what the oath was that he took. You know, mm-hmm. really want to look at what the oath said. Well, know, let's look that, at that. Let's look at that, Doctor Queen. You got? Do you have? Uh, do you have that uh, information available? I, I sure do. Can, 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 I, you, can you read it? Sure. It says, "I and the name do solemnly swear or affirm." that I will administer justice without respect to persons and do equal right to the poor and to the rich and that I will faithfully and impartially discharge and perform all the duties incumbent upon me as named under the Constitution and laws of the United States. So help me God. So when you think about what the oath through his own admission he said I try to help some people okay some people I didn't say it he did he said so this is direct contradiction to the oath that he takes amen amen now you know and then would say that justice is not blind in his court this also goes against what the bible says again about due process and if you know anything about the word look at exodus 23 and 3 it says neither shall thou continence a poor man in his cause and i can break it down to you a little easier it says that neither shall you be partial to a poor man in his crop just because he is poor now now we have an issue now, okay, it seems like we having church up in here today. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> now, 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 what, what I want to kind of get the conversation focused on what we just said, right? 
Now, could somebody let everybody know while having justice is important, right? Not being fair to one side or the other, but just doing the right thing. And doing the right thing, how does that affect our representation over here in Port Arthur? How it could could potentially damage it? Can somebody speak on that? Well, I like Joe to speak on it. I like our candidate. Well, well, I can tell you this. Um, If you are one that would like to do the right thing and that you find yourself on doing the right thing and, and for the right reason and that your heart is in the right place and you know um for me the compassion that i have for the city the compassion that i have uh, uh for my family and I, I want y'all to think about that what, what, what's at stake here because when you when you take an oath and when you when you say that you're committed to 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 the process and that you want to ensure that there's fair and equitable treatment under the law then you have to really own that, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so if if um, if I show favoritism to one, that leads me into a light of destruction, or I should say, uh, uh, a darkness of destruction, because I'm doomed. You can't you can't do that and get conscious and then go to home and go to bed and think that everything's going to be all right in the morning. You just created a little problem because. The favor that you've shown, uh, and, and, I, and I promise you, if there was any favor shown to uh, uh, Mr. Trader, I'm going to let him address that. Then when you have somebody to come back and suggest, hey, uh, you forgot what you what I did for you? Mm-hmm. Man, we cannot have a judicial system. We cannot have uh, elected officials uh, rallying around individuals that have this type of um, uh, commitment. And and when and, and being you know willing to show favoritism and then willing to call you on a carpet because I know that there's people uh, that has an inability to pay things forward. I'm the guy that pays things forward. I'll do something. And I'll sow a seed into your life, and I'm not my, my, because I know where 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 my health comes. I know where my strength comes from. I know where my blessings are going to come from. So uh, if if you need something, I'm just going to give it to you instead of me doing your favor and expecting you to return that thing. It's, rather, it's better for me just to say, God bless you, and, and, and move on, than to hold that burden over your head. Exactly. If that's what has this city uh, in the fix that is it. And the citizens need to get an understanding of this buddy system. We talk about it all the time. We talk about it all the time, about how the buddy system has affected and has distorted uh uh, and polluted our uh, electoral um, uh, process. When we talk about how voters are being oppressed and how voter intimidation is large and in charge, it is real. For somebody to call my father, now I'm a, you know we're talking about unethical things that people do. Call my father and uh. suggest to him that uh, uh, your son uh, is running against a good man. Now understand that's my father. I'm his seed. And uh, my father says to the man, he says, are you saying that my son is not a good man? Is he not a good husband, a good a father, a good provider? Is that what you say, that I raised somebody disingenuous? All right. And that's something for the citizens of Port Arthur to start con- to consider, because there are going to be some things that are said about Mr. Guillory that are totally untrue. I want to stand on what I've always stood on, and that's my own two feet. And if you have any questions, I'm always available. That door is always going to be open. Once you elect me to that seat, I promise you, 
that you'll have access to me. I promise you, because the majority of citizens in Port Arthur already got my phone number. I mean, they can't, they can't say they have they have, they have a phone number for my opponent. Right, they right. can't. You can call my father and get access to me. You call my friends, get access to me. Who am I going to call to get access? I, oh, I got to call information down at the courthouse and wait on the and, and I have to leave a message or something in order to get through. Uh, if I wanted to make an appointment to, to see the JP, you have my personal phone number. So when we talk, start talking about uh, personal commitment in this community, we start looking at the things that we are about. The one thing that we can never ever disregard is accountability and in this right here in this segment and this discussion we have seen several things that have been brought to light one thing about joe gillard he is going to make sure that the rules of law are followed that whatever is available under the law you're going to have access to now what mr gillard is not going to do is compromise himself because I'm not going to fall out of the grace with, with my Lord and Savior. I'm not going to dishonor him by favoring one of his children because he's no respecter of person. Right. And he's no respecter of person. That simply means that whatever he does for one, he's going to do for the other. Amen. I'm going to bring that attitude to his court. Okay, that's, that's, that's great right there. That's great. Would, would, would you bring me to a... Um, a good point I want to talk about, Mr. Guillory. You saying somebody had called your father, right? We, we have some strong-arm tactics. And I think I want Mr. Rez to go into a, a strong-arm tactic that he may have received on social media. Did you want to talk about that, Mr. Uh, Trainer? Oh, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. See, let me explain. All the information that he uh, attached to Mr. Uh, Leroy was, all I did was simply showing my support for uh, for uh, Joe Gillespie by responding to a post. And then I was with, uh, attacked by Mr. Deron. This is why I'm supporting uh, Joe. This is really why. I know Joe is a man of integrity. Clearly, clearly, it shows no class by your opponent. I know you, and I know you will never ask anyone for a payback much less by embarrassing someone in public. This shows me how he operates his court. He forms a, 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 a corruption for favoritism, and, 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 I, and, I, and I just can't—I just can't put up with it. I really can't. Uh, see, this is what happens. I will, if I could, be the first to echo everything that Mr. Joe Gillery said. We need Joseph Gillery to be our justice of the people. Precinct two, okay? Precinct two. That's just what I said. Precinct two. Uh, because I feel as though he's the best man for the job. Now, that, 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 that's my opinion. That's my opinion. I have a opinion just like anybody else have a opinion. So why can't I give my opinion? That's what I'm trying to find out. Now, this is what he comes back. And this is just really funny. This is so right. funny. I had to laugh myself right. because. He comes back and he says, this is. he says, I'm surprised. Consider all I've done for Mr. Train. But in the end, I guess just politics. Now, let me, let, me, let, me, let me clear my own name. He says, oh, don't worry about it. Yes, you have to worry about that. You have to worry about things like that. For the reason that 
why would he say he's surprised considering all the things he's done for uh, Mr. Trey? What have he done for? Tell the people what have you done for? I was in a democratic convention on, on meet and greet, and uh, he was introduced. I'm not going to say who he was introduced. I introduced him. And he went on his dialogue. I said, uh, yes, I have a question. You know, I have a question. I said, uh, are you telling me, if you've been in office for 11 years, you say, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, Mr. President. I told you, no, no, that's not it. I said, well, I don't know you. Because for reasons, if you've been in office for 11 years, I'm a man around town, I'm an actor. Why are you and I having to sit down and have a cup of coffee? Why you and I haven't sit down and had a dialogue? You know, just just to talk, just to talk. That's all I, I want to do. He, he, so I told him this was now. This is in front of a, a bunch of people. We had we had our democratic convention. I said, I know your opponent, Mr. Joe Gillis. Him and I have here and had a couple calls. Him and I have dialogue. Okay. I'm supporting your candidate. Now, if I told you I'm supporting your candidate in front of witnesses and you, why would you at the end of the text come to me? And I thought it was a little disrespectful. And give me your card and tell me that you're going to win me over. What are you going to, how are you going to win me over? You're going to pay me? Because I'm not, for, I'm not for high. Joe is my guy. So you get on Facebook and you, Say what you said. And then when I retract, I'm getting out of church, man. You know, and had the good word and everything. I look up what's going on and why would you disrespect me? And I'm saying, what is this being talking about? First of all, first of all, I don't even know the room. If you heard what I said earlier, I said that the 11 years he's been there, I don't know nothing about it. Right. So how are you going to do favor to me and I don't know what you're talking about? It doesn't make any sense. But what's the whole point about it, I'm going to clear it up. Yes, you sir. are just a man in a position to make decisions. Why would you discredit yourself and get on Facebook <laughs> and put this information out there? And then when I retract what I got to say, you hurry up and pull it off. I don't want leadership like that. Because one thing about this original Dwayne trying to see you, when you come at me, everybody know me. I'm going to come back. If I got a clean little space of right, I'm going to defend my name just like he wanted to defend his name. You go on there and call him right now, and I can guarantee you he can't tell you nothing that he did for Mr. Frank. Now, he gave me a card. I told you that already. Right, right, I, right. I called him one time to get a phone number, which I could have got from information. Is that what you did for me? Stop right. lying to the people. I think he's a good man just like I'm a good man. But I don't, I don't deal with life. I, I don't. I'm trying to better myself. Right. I, all my good years are behind me. You understand me? Yes, sir. I only have a few, and I want to live them under the, under the light of the Lord. So yeah. you don't get on there and say nothing that you can't prove. Yeah, That's true. why I going with Joseph Gillis because of the integrity that he got. I watch it. I see the compassion that he has. I understand his relationship with his family is almost a of mine. Probably isn't it? What have Judge, what have Judge Doolin did for Philadelphia? Anybody? I, I, I wait. Anybody can. Don't well, I have. So for you, go ahead. my nope. question. Don't know. You know? Don't know. I was let me, let me curious. 
Let, let, let me let me go ahead and interject the, uh, my story right quick. Then I'll then I'll let Dr. Queen and Mr. Smith kind of have some uh, words up in here, right? I just want to go ahead and, and talk about a little story that I had with um with uh Judge Deruin. <clears throat> it was several years ago, right? And I'm gonna go ahead and change the names to protect the innocent or the guilty, right? And, and I, I'm gonna just call this story. Uh, it's between um, a teddy bear, a midget, myself, Mark Deruin, and some hot chicks, right? Okay, you you have this uh, gentleman. Well, you have a, a supporter, of Mr. Deruin. We're going to call him a midget, right? We're going to call him midget, and he was the president of the Short Men Society, right? The elected official of the Short Men Society. We're just going to go ahead and say that. So, um, Mr. Midget, he had a, a problem with this business person, right? Let's say the business person is um, the teddy bear, businessman, right? So for whatever reason, they had a lot of conflict. So the uh, Mr. Teddy Bear, they had solicited me, right, to go ahead and pull some some hot checks of the midget. So so I went ahead, Mr. Mark DeRuin, and went pulled the um in his court, I went pulled some of the hot checks for the midget. The midget of the short men's society, right? So I know that that Mark DeRuin, he's he's friends with both of them. He's friends with uh, the teddy bear, and he's also friends with the midget. So, what 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 I thought was kind of un was kind of disturbing, right? That Mark the Ruin uh, have friends on both sides, but he'll go ahead and burn one of the other friends, right? Now, when I end up talking to the midget about the um, the hot checks that were pulled, he said Mark the Ruin called me when you was over there. So, it kind of shows me that. The teddy bear and and Mark the Ruin set up the midget, but both were all but but Mark the Ruin is friends with the midget and also the teddy bear. So me basically telling you this little short story, right? Mark the Ruin, in my opinion, in my experience that I briefly had with him, he'll burn both of his friends, right? If he have two friends going against each other, he will burn them and he will have them you know, go ahead and kind of like fight each other where he's going to act like he's outside of it. Now, this has happened many years ago, and I just want to, you know, kind of bring it about it. But, but Mark DeRuin knows exactly what I'm talking about when I, when when you tell him that um, Mr. Jones was talking about he was picking up some of the hot checks for the midget. But, uh, yeah, that's all I want to go ahead on and speak on. And uh, Dr. Queen or Mr. Smith, did y'all want to go ahead and chime in on something? Well, I'm going to give Dr. Queen an opportunity because I know that she was about to say something. I didn't want to lose her train of thought because oh. I have it was just a comment on what uh, Mr. Trainer said, and I asked Mr. Trainer face to face. I said, "What did Judge Deruin do for you that he would come out in public and say he did something you owe him?" And I'm like, "Well, what could it be? Did you steal a car? You know, what was it that he's saying you you owe him?" And in my, it's my view, if he feels that people owe him, we got a problem, okay? And this is why some of elected officials, I believe, are supporting. It's to maintain status quo. Why change it? Why change it? Well, I can tell you, I can tell you this. This is, this is my point, okay? We need emotionally intelligent people leading this city. 
we need people that understand the upbeat and the, and the aspirations of the citizens that they represent. We need people that's going to operate in truth and transparency and integrity and family that's going to lead us from where we've been for the last 30 years in the past to where the next 30 years where we need to be in the future. Because right now, as I see the citizens of Port Arthur and the status of Port Arthur, we are 30 years behind any major metroplex as far as progression, how we represent our, how we represent other citizens are being represented and the people that are representing them not having any roots and all grounds. Cause you can't tell me what you've done in the past. Nobody gives a flying rat about what you've done in the past. Okay. The question is, and Janet Jackson said, Janet Jackson has said, what are you doing for me today? And what have you done for me lately? And <laughs> I can't see none of those. You know, I'm going to just clear that up. Uh, all I want, Mr. DeRuin to do is just run on his back, you know. I'm not in this race, you know. So how is that politics? You know, I, I'm just I'm just voicing my opinion. I do have a freedom of speech. I'm just voicing my opinion. Absolutely. But one thing I can say yep. about my candidate, Mr. Joe Gillery, he would have personally found my number if he didn't have my number. You see what I'm talking about? Now, uh, Mr. DeRuin, on the other hand, things get because uh, he got on Facebook, I was going to run and hide and didn't think uh, 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 better to ask him uh, uh, about what's going on. But I'm going to tell this is the way on your face. He needs to check with his circle and they'll let him know who Mr. Trainer really is. I'm not trying to say I'm popular, but I'm a man of God. I'm a man of my word. And if anybody know me, have ever contact me, I'll go above and beyond to get the problem solved. That's what I'm doing. I know in my heart I know physically, looking and seeing my candidate, I know the things that he does, I don't see that in Mr. Jerome. And I'm not going to lie to the public. Uh, I might not have the funds that he has, but those two, three little nookers that I got, they mine. <laughs> they mine. I earned that. So when you get on there and you public try to disgrace me and my family, my family name, because you still say that you did something for me, I need you to produce it. Whether it's good or bad. And I can guarantee you, he can't give you nothing that he's done for me. Now, he can go dig up some old uh, uh, stuff way back or whatever. But I done ran for two offices. So I know I don't have none of that in my background. I'm just trying to live right. Don't attack me. Show the facts. If you wouldn't see it, you wouldn't have to go. My, my candidate ain't, 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 ain't going to your, your people and telling your people what he did for them or this and that. Why would you belittle yourself when you're already in office? You're already in office. You're supposed to be there for justice. And you put this out, you just lost this race, bro. You have a blessed day. That's all I got to tell you. Yes, sir. And and anybody would vote for him, got a problem. He got a, a serious problem. They're not looking for betterment. They satisfied with what's going on. And, and, and I can keep my cabbage twice. Huh, choose your cabbage twice. Thank you. I got oh, yes. And, and, and that's why I say, in my opinion, that's why we need a change, right? We need to bring back some integrity to the office because I'm tired of people, whenever a citizen wants to run for office, that somebody has to call them, their father has to get a call and tell them don't run. Somebody tries to low-key intimidate them by putting something on the Internet saying, hey, all I've done for you and, you know, this is how you're going to treat me. We need to change the mindsets of these of these candidates, right? It seems like everybody gets entitled 
we're never there in a position for a long time or any time, either one term or doing up to 10 or 11 years. And, and, and it's sad that we have to bully other citizens, other candidates from trying to not run when competition is normally good for everybody, right? It gets everybody that, 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 that determination, hey, I need to go ahead and be about my business. I need to go ahead and get some things done right. And so, man, that's what I say, and, that, and, and that's was one of my fights, personally. I try to put out the information so, hey, you know, that people can see what's going on because people don't really see these things that's going on. People don't see the actual conduct of these elected officials, these political packs. And uh, and oh, as a matter of fact, when you say something on the, um, the, the social media, Ridge, I forgot they had something by a couple of Mr. Deron's sponsors um, the Parker firm, right? They had um, said something to uh, one of his other supporters. I mean, Mr. Anton Goodo, they had, they pretty much low key threatened him because Mr. Goodo, he kind of, you know, works for both sides sometimes. He'll work for the Parker firm, he'll work for somebody else, he'll work for different people, right? So, you know, he's providing a service, right? Uh, internet service. So, you know, he, he's running a business. So if you pay him, he's going to go. You know, support whoever put out some political uh, paraphernalia for any candidate. So, and it's kind of sad when a person, as a former senator, as a politician, that he should know that hey, you know, you have different people support different people. They're not going to support you all the time. They're not going to support every issue that you have. And it's the same that they had to kind of get on the internet and kind of almost shame Mr. Um, Mr. Good or low key kind of verbally threaten him. And it's just crazy. Uh, anybody want to go ahead and take it to take the floor? This is my last time, Dave. Yes, sir. The go reason ahead. for that, the reason for that in attacking me is because I'm a man around town. People know my word to be good. So if, if, if you would scare me off, that would hurt our opponent. I have never been a coward. And you know me and everybody else know. I'm going to just face the facts. Have I been wrong before? Sure. But I guarantee you, I'm 80% right majority of the time. And I'm going to tell you right now, you running around here, you never had an opponent. It had to be a reason why you didn't have an opponent. In our first segment, they told you why you didn't have an opponent. You're running scared because you got a serious candidate. People are being looked at and watching you. I really, truly want you to run your race the way you need. All that picking and shooting and this and that ain't going to get it. If anything, it's going to hurt you. Vote Joe Gillibrand, precinct two, number one on the ballot. That's all I got to say. Yeah, and and, and and to piggyback on that, you know, citizens should really know when their tax dollars are being abused. They need to be informed and not misinformed. Well, they need information to help them to decide who the best candidate is and not based on who, not based on any tax or any special interest. They need to have people that understand what, who we are, what we're about, where we're trying to go, what we're trying to do for the community, and, and be treated with equity, integrity, and respect. So that we can get what we're supposed to be getting for this for this location, for this area, and for this precinct. And again, Joe Guillory is the person for this particular role. I agree. Man, I thank y'all, man. I thank y'all so much to have that much confidence in me. Um, because all I want to do is simply run a positive race, uh, communicate to the to, to the citizens of this city. Uh, I've already sent them a, a letter expressing. Um, my commitment and my concern. And let me say this, let me preface this by, by just making a statement. If there was yes, not a need, I would not run. So, 
So I'm in this race to win. That's number one. Uh, not for myself, but for the citizens of Port Arthur. Uh, my mission is simply to provide a court where justice begins and all citizens will be served with integrity, honor, and respect. A court that will be operated by someone that's efficient, compassionate, and accessible, uh, administering uh, the rule of law, and that guarantees justice for all. This is this is important to me. Um, secondly, you know, looking at what the vision looks like for this court, uh, being sensitive to the needs and and being responsive to the needs of the citizens in this community is up is of the utmost importance. Uh, you know, we, we we're going to have to make sure that we have the updated technology that's going to help uh, make it more convenient for our citizens. But we also got to have uh, the technology to help us make better decisions. And, and I got to keep on hopping on the one thing about treating all citizens with integrity, honor, and respect. Because when you do that, the citizens know that you've given them your very best. And that's what I want uh, the citizens to vote for me for, is because of what I stand for. Uh, look at the work that I have done. Uh, if you don't know, if you want to know, reach out to me. Uh, my number is 281 804 0820. I'm not hard to find. Um, I'm here in this city. I'm not going anywhere. But I want I want to, the citizens to wrap their mind around the real issue while we're running and what we need and what this election really means to this city. So I, I'll say it this way. When you vote me in, you're going to free a lot of obligations or favors, you will release these people from those obligations and those favors. And we can have a clean start. It can be a fresh start. And then we're able to now take the same attitude and perspective in the next election where we can get uh, some, some more council members if necessary and some more uh, school board members. And now the citizens of Port Arthur have the power to make that decision instead of the 5% of the special interest group that are making the decisions for the other 95% of us. We have to start now in this election. And, and I just want to remind everybody about uh, the three cornerstones that got us to this point, which would actually ruffle the feathers in this election, what has caused my opponent to have to make these responses. Because when you're called out on facts, they're, ir they're irrespeable. You can't dispute the fact. So when we talk about black and white, you can't dispute that. These things are act these are recorded actual events that have happened and occurred. You had to have done something to generate the income. You have had done something to, to, to generate the deficit. So these things are hand in hand and, and I just want to make sure that I reiterate to the people that the budget don't get so sidetracked where you know he says he met his budget okay well i can lower my budget to meet my budget but what have i done to grow this office and if you look at the history historically you'll see the last 11 years there's been a, a constant decline there's never he said well i had to raise my budget but if you look at the numbers you won't see that on a graph that line is a straight diagonal from from 2010 uh directly to 2021 is a straight line. There, there's, there's no ups and no downs. So what I want to make sure that the people know, don't be bamboozled when somebody is whispering in your ear telling you that it's not his fault. He's responsible for his budget. Now, what's at stake? 
That's what we hadn't talked about. And that's the cornerstones of this campaign election. We're talking about representation. We're talking about the physical responsibility in this office. And we're also talking about saving the taxpayers' money. These things are important elements that, that builds, that sustains our case, that will show to you, the citizens, that this office has not been managed the way it should have. We already have already, uh, by his own admission, determined that what goes on on the inside of the courtroom is not uh, what he had sworn in to do. We, we've already established that. Now, there are some other inconsistencies that we're talking about now. And what's at stake when we say representation? So I don't want us to get caught on the, the black and the white issue because it's not a black and a white issue. It's a Port Arthur and a Mid-County issue. It's a Port Arthur and a Needland issue. Because what numbers are they going to use when they determine? So this whole conversation started when we had a meeting uh, on the west side of Port Arthur to have a discussion about the possibility of not replacing um, uh, Constable Collins' uh, a replacement, not putting a replacement in Constable Collins after he had retired. Now, this has brought on, and when they start contemplating, they have to justify, they have to quantify, they have to make it a real reason, and this is what Judge Braddock has, has done. This is what we were told. This is a conversation that he's been having with the commissioner's court. And, uh, and, 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 and I am so grateful and so thankful to our commissioner for fighting so hard to make sure that we get someone in there to replace as an interim um, uh, Constable Collins. We can never uh, allow or afford to lose representation in this city. What does that look like? They're going to take these numbers that we're talking about right now, and they're going to prove to you, the citizen, that we can no longer operate this way based on these figures. Now, I don't know what figures uh, my, my opponents and, and, and his supporters are using, but the, I, I, these, these figures here came from the county auditor's department. And these numbers suggest that nothing has happened in 11 years that was positive as far as the numbers are concerned. We, you know, like I said before, we've already identified the disconnect. But let me show you uh, what the representation issue really becomes. If they close the office, one or both, we lose jobs. That's number one. We lose those jobs downtown. But we lose a whole lot more than that because now uh, the, 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 the power, so to speak, has shifted from Port Arthur. Now we have to take all our business to Mid-County. That's what they want us to do. We can't afford to do that in this city. So you have to participate in these elections to make sure that thing don't happen. Because the, right now with the elected officials, some of them that are there now, uh, they may have already bought and drunk the Kool-Aid. And if you hadn't already paid attention to all the things that have left the west side of Port Arthur and have moved and relocated, we went from three high schools to one high school. That's representation. Yeah. We had yeah. we had a family unit of folks living on the west side. We what, we what we didn't do for the people was give them a job. If we would have gave them a job, they could have relocated themselves and go anywhere they wanted to go and live wherever they wanted to go, how they wanted to go. They were already conveniently located by all the refineries. They could have walked to work if they had to. True. But you relocated them out to 365 as if you were doing something positive for them. And you just put another Band-Aid on the problem. They still don't have a job. If you look at our medium income in the city of Port Arthur and you just compare that to Neyland Port Natures, 
if we had more time, I'll bring those numbers and break them down to you. It is a shame. And we're sitting in the largest refinery in the United States, and you mean that the citizens of Port Arthur County, so they, they, you know, they play their game with you again about who who is eligible, who's not eligible. So either you're overeducated, you're undereducated. Either you can pass a drug test, or you can't pass a drug test. Let me tell you something. I interviewed, I tested for both uh, Motiva and Valero. I, I interviewed with Valero. I didn't get the job. Well, why wouldn't you hire me? I mean, I don't have any of those uh, 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 handicaps, so to speak. I mean, how can you justify not? But I was overdressed and I was overqualified for the job. That's what I was told. Yeah, yeah, they kind now, of use you But I'm going to move on off of that. I want to get into the fiscal responsibility. The fiscal responsibility is important because that's how they're going to determine the ability or the inability to to maintain this representation in Port Arthur. And so when we see who wins and who loses, Mid County wins. Port Arthur, the city of Port Arthur loses. The citizens of Port Arthur lose in this. So when we start looking at the things that have not happened, uh, you haven't had a choice to vote in an election in over 11 years. That in itself should alarm you, the citizens of Port Arthur, and it should alarm us because I hadn't had an opportunity to vote uh, for my choice in this election. Uh, looking at the, the voter suppression and the voter oppression, it's real. Because right now, we, we, we see our, our prominent elected officials using their influence to persuade you. Now, how is it that uh, a man that has served 11 years in this community can rely on someone else to introduce them to the citizens of Port Arthur? Now, that, that don't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I want you to judge us by the work that we've done and let my work speak for itself and not the 5% of the interest group or the small interest group or special interest group that have been promoting uh, my opponent. We, you and I, can put a stop to this form of voter suppression. Special interest groups have stagnated the growth of Port Arthur. They believe they control your vote and they hope you don't show up to the to the polls because if you don't show up, it works to their favor. If you because they have they have a small uh, fashion of people that they count on for that vote. It may be only three hundred people that they know that they can count on. They they expect that that's all they need to win. Well, we know we got thirty six thousand registered voters in there, and if we can just appeal, the ten percent will show up and vote their conscience and replace our current incumbent with somebody that actually serves the people, we will be so much better off in the, in the future to come. Yes, sir. Yes, now, sir. my question to you, are you happy with the decisions that have been made for you? Are you happy? Does anyone want to speak to that? Have yes. your needs been met in this city? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dr. See, these Queen, are questions you... that we need to really start asking. Yes, sir. Dr. Queen, how about you step in there? Mr. Gillery, you can go ahead and take a breather, sir. Take a take a good breather, drink some water right quick. <laughs> go ahead, Dr. As, Queen. Go ahead and as, as, as far as I'm concerned, no. The city and county, neither has met my needs as a taxpayer, first of all. I have noticed in the city of Port Arthur and the county, I can recall when I came back 
to Port Arthur after living on the West Coast in Nevada. I received a ticket on West Port Arthur Road. Do you know where I went to pay that ticket? Yeah. Seven. I had to go all the way to Precinct 7 oh, to Precinct pay seven. a ticket. It was unreal. I couldn't figure out why, but I paid the ticket. Well. But now I understand why I went out there. They weren't allowing us to go downtown to pay that ticket when they needed the money. They needed that revenue. Not seven. So I'm not the only person who has gone through this where you're forced to go outside of your area to pay a ticket, to pay any fine. That's why I'm sure he can keep whatever cost he says low because nobody's going downtown. You can't. They're telling you where to go. Right. And I have to put that on the county, the city, the commissioners, the judges, every last one. Why should I drive all the way out there when I live in Lakeside? Absolutely. It didn't Absolutely. make sense to me, but it does now. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. That was a great point you made. And I kind of want to You made a great point. It. Absolutely. I want to speak on a um, subject Mr. Giller was talking about. As far as like with these packs, right? You have to understand the reason why the wrong people are in the um, in the offices, in my opinion, is because it has like a network of corruption, right? Something like that I like to call I like to call it a network of corruption. Just like when um, uh, Mr. Gitter was talking about, you know, different packs, right? Packs they'll have their own their favorite type of people, right? When they have their favorite candidates in city council, the school district, and just as social media show, you know, the um, Parker Foundation or the Parker um, Law Firm, they support Mr. Mark DeRoy, and they're supporting him strongly where they're on social media pronouncing their support. So you have to understand, right, when you have all of these pieces in a corrupt puzzle, you have to break all of this down, right? And you have to break all of it down by taking out all of the um, the the, um, the the cancer deposits, all of the corruption, all of the people that are inside that supporting this one pack, and that's how you actually take take control, take back your city, right? Take control of the special interests because it's not one person; it's it's actually a group of people, and it's a group of supporters. So. They wall themselves around like a united front, like a united corrupt front. So understand it's not one person that's going to um, break that. And getting rid of him is tearing down a piece of that con- that corrupt wall that's, that that plagues Port Arthur, in my opinion, right? And uh, everybody did a good job. Uh, Mr. Smith, if you want to go ahead and say something, I think, you know, we can give our some of our last comments and then I'll let Mr. Gillery, you know, close it out with another closing statement if anybody else want to say something. Mr. Smith got anything? Anybody? Mr. Smith, yeah, Mr. Trainer, how about you, sir? you have anything to say before Mr. Uh, Gillery close it out? Mr. Trainer, look, look at uh, uh, your yeah, item yeah. Uh, number 10. Oh, uh, David. I'm not rambling what I said. All I spoke was my opinion, okay? I just want the public to know that. 
you posted numbers that uh, didn't explain anything, but were bad numbers. That's all it was. No exception. Why they are bad. Why the number of the other precincts in the city was bad, and there may be a logic explanation. It wasn't the now check, now the check that out. Now check that out, uh, uh, Mr. Trainer. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. We put we we, we want to talk about that because this is a supporter. This mm -hmm. is one of his supporters trying to justify, and this is a response to David. It says that I'm rambling, right. and what I said was my opinion. This is one of the supporters of my opponent, and mm -hmm. he's trying to justify um, or explain to David uh, why David was misleading the people by putting the numbers out. Well. The numbers can stand alone by themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And and so and so should my opponent be able to stand based on the work that he did. All he has to do is come out and and and, and show. But if you haven't seen a visit uh, or if you heard him say that it was twelve years since he had uh, 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 attended uh, this place. Now I would be very offended knowing that you hadn't stopped by in twelve years. Uh, to drop something off a small package and say, look, put this with your Christmas thing. I'll be back next year. We'll do something for a turkey drive or maybe I'll include you in these other uh, activities. Those, if you look at the history, those things don't exist. If anything, he has relied on the things that uh, Mr. Bates has done. You know, when, when they were given a turkey drive over there at Mike's Furniture. You know, that was because of the relationship that Mr. Bates had with, uh, with Mike's Furniture in the highly corner and I think that is a great thing that they did but the first time that I ever seen him out there was this past year campaign mm -hmm. season mm -hmm. so so this kind these are these are the sort of things um you know when, when Harvey hit and I was out there on the front line with all my compadres and we're doing all that we can do sweating and everything in them tents organizing trying to get out the stuff to help the other people that was just in bad shape that I was in but we were trying to do all that we could do so when you, you know look what, at Mr. Yes, you know what, Mr. Dillard, let me let me be too honest. You know why I'm supporting you? Talk to I'm me. supporting you because you remind me a lot of me. You're brave and you're uh, you, you, you courage. You stand up to the past. Uh, 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 you're very supporting because I believe we will uh, uh, be in a different making of this city if you was elected. Uh, you have proven track record for being an independent and a consistent voice in our community. Mr. Gillis, it's not part of an establishment. You're not a part of that establishment. You have a vision for the office in our city. Uh, you have wealth of knowledge and experience that I believe will be refreshing for our city. I have to take a deep breath. Can you smell what I'm talking about? You know, I know you're <laughs> you a man of I know you're a man of a committed to the service of the community. You, I'm not talking about Mr. Durant has been a beacon of light on the school board. You pushed our teachers to receive pay increase starting back in 2015, when it was, when it had been over five years, if anyone got an increase. You also identified areas on our school budget that we should take close attention, which caused us to have the order to develop a plan to better manage our school district. So this is not the first time you, Mr. Gibson, has spoken up on finance issues. This is why we elected you the first time, because of the commitment to the parents, the teachers, and the stockholders. 
I reviewed your uh, resume. Don't you think I did? And I'm completely sold that you is more than qualified and capable for doing the job. I completely support you, Mr. Gibbons. And with that said, I dropped the mic. <laughs> God damn. Hey, thank you, Mr. Trainer. Reg, who are you supporting, Reg? Reg, who do you support? Do you support Mr. Gillum? I support. I support. <laughs> yeah. I support. If they didn't tell you who I support, then I tell you, I tell you verbal. Joseph Gillum. Free state two. Number one on the ballot. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a free state all the way till you get into the office. Hello, know. somebody. And, and you know what? I, Mr. Trainer knows I'm one of those fighters. Yes, I you like me. You like me. That's why I call you queen. <laughs> yes, I will take you on. You yes, know, ma'am. That's, yes, ma'am. Me. That's the type of person I am. I grew up in this. So you see, me, the whole the whole deal is that Chris, you, me, David are fighters. Joe yeah. is the fighter. We're not trying to go to all be nobody. We're just asking you to check out our candidates. Hey, you're going to choose whoever you want because when you go in the booth, it, you know, look, I ran for office two times. I had people come out there, train up with their thumbs up. Uh-huh. I, said, well, I got this locked and sealed. But yeah. I didn't win. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, hey, if you think Mr. Mark DeRoy is your candidate, then go for I'm just letting you know that, hey, I think the better man, not the candidate, the better man is Watch Joe That's my opinion. That's my opinion. Everybody got an opinion. But quit voting in family, friends, and who your neighbor say go. Let's let's do this just do this. Let's leave something for our children. That's right. Amen. I'm Amen. I'm good. I'm good. Because well, it's, about, it's about our kids. Yes, uh, that, that 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 sounds great. That sounds great. It sounds like a good point to uh, wrap it up. Did you want to give a a closing yeah. statement, Mr. Giller? Yeah, let me let me let me, let, let me say this to the citizens of Polarca, who I who I love dearly, and I, and I want you to feel this uh, when I tell you uh, how much I love you. I, I am Joseph Giller. I'm running for Justice of the Peace Precinct Two, and I would like the your support and your vote most of all in this election. And I want you to know that I serve at the will of the people and by the people. And I want to return that power to the people. I believe in this city and what this city could be, a city that, that's free, free to decide its future, independent, a trendsetter for our neighboring cities, prosperous to dream and to blossom and to grow into what it could be and what we should have it to be. This city can be all we desire to be if we just participate in this election. Our future should be what we desire to be and not what special interest group would have us believe it can't be. Special interest groups only serve its own needs and not the needs of the people. Our vote matters. Our vote sends a clear message in this election of our expectation for growth and for change in this city. Our vote represents the change that we need in this city, the ties that we need to break with nepotism and favoritism and all those isms and allow this city to prosper the way it should be. Our vote will determine our destiny. I will serve you with honor, integrity, and respect. And our decision in this election will prove our commitment to a better poll office. I'm Joseph Giller, and I'm running to be your Justice of Peace Precinct 2, and I approve of this message.
Hey, and that's and that came to a good closing to a great podcast. And I want to thank everybody that been on the podcast for participating and, and, and explaining everything to the citizen. Because that's what I try to do with this podcast. I try to put out information that people come up with their own conclusions, some information you may not know, and, and, and some things that other news agencies won't let you know. So appreciate everything. And I want to say everybody appreciate you for listening. And take it easy. Peace.